Hey, Bruce. How's hey, it going? hey, good to be back. Ugh. Ugh. I don't, that made me sound so, <laughs> so ungrateful to be here. Uh, welcome. Temple of False Pod. That's us. Hello. I was going to say, you're going to start this? I am starting it. This is how we're starting now, Bruce. Uh, it's chill, you know? We we hit a thousand downloads and I'm, I'm living large now. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I am Bruce. Um, and uh, it's that time of season again. I say it every season. Uh, twice a season, in fact. Deck deck time. Hey, hey! Deck deck time. Temp- temple deck tech time. Um, it's that time of year when we get to tell you, once again, another deck that we have, that, that one of us has put together, that has Temple of the False God in it. It does. Uh, in fact, it's funny. I was uh, pu- I was putting this deck into Architect, uh, which it already was, but uh, I've made so many changes over the couple years that I've had it uh, right. that I had to update it. Um, and I realized that at some point, <laughs> don't don't tell my co-host Bruce this. I had taken out Temple of the False God, uh, but as you can see. I have it back in because I was like, this is absurd. I don't know why. You're just going to have to trust me. I uh, saw it. It is there. Yeah. Of course, uh, you can also check out the uh, the list. We're going to post that in the uh, yeah. in the show notes. I personally, it, I always enjoy the Beckett Brass deck because I love a deck that's a, I love a deck that follows a good theme. And this one follows the theme. <laughs> and it plays well. Like this deck, the deck has resilience and it... Uh, and it just keeps it just keeps chugging along. I mean, I've seen a couple games where you where you know, I mean, yeah. everybody has a game or two where the deck just falls flat, and you know, you came out guns blazing, and then it just sort of, you know, went kaput. But for in the case most you part, missed it, it loops. Yeah. So. In case you missed it, uh, the the deck that I'll be talking about today is my Admiral Beckett Brass deck. It's a three three legendary creature human pirate for one blue black red. Uh, other pirates you control get plus one, plus one. Pretty Yay. cool. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, gain control of target non-land permanent controlled by a player who is dealt combat damage by three or more pirates this turn. Um, this this deck tech is going to end up probably more of a deck tail uh, because uh, it's it's pretty straightforward. It's pirates, mostly excellent block, honestly. Um, right. And... Uh, it's 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 just there for the 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 piratey goodness. Um, there's a few cards that end up kind of uh, powering it, but like uh, there's there's still a bit of of theme to it. Um, Before we get into any of the other cards, mm-hmm. how often does the second ability really kick in with the three pirates? Because <laughs> it seems like. I can recall the number of times, mm. meaning it didn't happen that often. But am I wrong? Am I remembering <laughs> this wrong? So, um, this deck, um, I guess, short answer: 
probably a dozen times. I mean, I, I feel like I haven't really played this deck as much as... Um, I don't know, as much as some of my other decks. Um, this deck I had <sighs> made back... Um, it was uh, it was probably during one of the the Ravnica sets during the, like the right. War of the Spark era. Yeah. Um, my my wife, um, I was like, oh, like I want to I want to teach you how to play Magic. Like it'd be such a great time to I don't know play when we're stuck inside or something. Um, and and uh, I was like, so she was like, if I if you make me a deck. I want it to either be fairies or pirates. And I was like, well, fairies is expensive. So pirates it is. Uh, <laughs> and I, at the time, like I was just kind of like buying up a lot of product from like, just like the stock product. So like right. I had, I think I had like a, like an Ixalan deck builders toolkit. So like, I just had like a bunch of random mm-hmm. Ixalan pirates anyway. So I was like, this is, this will be great. So I found Admiral Beckett Brass, and uh, you'll you'll notice throughout this episode, uh, it kind of goes two ways. One, pirates, obviously. It's right. like 75% of the deck. 20% of the deck is uh, the evasion of it all to kind of get that second ability going. Sure. Uh, so when I had built the deck, I had kind of put it on a shelf and didn't play it for a while because I was like, this is her deck. She'll play it. And I'll play it sometimes. Um, now, uh, not that she's uninterested in the game, uh, <laughs> but she she definitely values the fact that I have a uh, an affinity for this hobby more than she does, uh, which is probably good. Um, and uh, yeah, so I've I've been tooling with this deck uh, ever since I don't know about a year in, and uh, it. It goes. It it goes. Uh, there are definitely times that it goes stronger than others, but um, overall, it, it's the deck I go to if um, I want to just kind of like not think about it. Just, right. Just play a land. If I can play a spell, I'll play it. If I've got a counter in hand, I'll hold up the mana for it, and that's about it. Um, it's very, very straightforward. Um, so uh, that is the story of the deck, um, and let me let me tell you about some of the pieces I got. Um, obviously, I got Rogue's Passage first and foremost. I need that evasion, uh, right? Rogue's Passage, not the greatest, uh, but it does its job when I need it to. And overall, I don't see it much. I mean, I I have no well, way of I mean tutoring for it. So s- simply put. Do you get enough colored mana in the deck so that you can cast your other spells? <laughs> right. Because, um, I mean, as long as that's happening, then there's really no downside to running Rogue's Passage. Right. I mean, if you, can, if you never use its ability because it just ends up costing too much, then it's a land that taps for, taps for colorless. As long as you don't need the color, then you're not losing out. So, uh, so I have no problem with that, with Rogue's Passage in a deck where you definitely want, you know, where you want a specific creature or a group of creatures to get through and mm. do combat damage, and you definitely want that with this uh, with this deck. Um, and um, 
a, a big part of this deck too is treasure because I mean that's what pirates do is treasure. Yeah. Um, that definitely became more apparent once Commander Legends came out and we had things like breaches and sure. Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm is a powerhouse. Let's talk about Malcolm uh, because let's talk about I, Malcolm. I think it's safe to say that Malcolm is like the uh, the unexpected joy that came out of this <laughs> deck because uh, I mean. Yeah. Neither you nor I was really aware of exactly what he could do. And then you had one game where I swear nobody blocked him and he just kept, I, yeah, you know, the value just kept pouring out. I so. got Malcolm out, I think, turn two. He's two and a one. He's two and a blue, I believe. Two and a blue, yeah. Um, for. I've got him open here. Uh, it's Malcolm, keen eyed navigator for two and a blue. He's a legendary creature, a siren pirate. Uh, Malcolm has flying. Whenever one or more pirates you control deal damage to your opponents, you create a treasure token for each opponent dealt damage. So, swing at two opponents. As long as they both take combat damage, you get two treasures. Uh, Malcolm has partner as well. So, if you really like the idea, you could try and run him in a, in a com as your commander or as one of the commanders in your deck. Mm. Um, it's And the great thing, too, about Malcolm is that it, he says... Uh, whenever any pirate does pretty much or does any damage to a player, it doesn't have to be combat damage. So that in oh, right. itself is busted. Um, but there's not really many ways in this deck uh, for my pirates to do uh, damage, other than I believe lightning rig crew. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to, you know, if you want to jump through hoops, that you can make that happen, but. Practically speaking, given what Beckett Brass already wants, yeah, it sort of falls in line. Um, having said that, uh, I know that you run Malcolm in other decks that don't have pirates. So Malcolm essentially then reads, <laughs> whenever Malcolm deals damage to your opponent, you get a treasure token. So basically he's a 2-2 flyer that swings and gets you a treasure if he hits. And most of the time he's going to because a 2-2 for three mana... Usually you can get out early enough and, you know, score some easy some easy hits. Yeah. So, like, I would say, you know, if you look at any card in this deck, it is either a pirate, says something about pirates, or says something about X can't be blocked. Um, that said, um, let's talk about treasures. Um, so, obviously, we have Malcolm. Mm -hmm. uh, Malcolm powerhouse but now that you know my play group at least has seen things he can do um i need other ways to make treasures um i have rival and riches in this deck i've never won off of it uh from this deck okay um it's not there really as the win con that it's there to get you treasure it's there to get me treasure so that i can fix my mana mm -hmm. so that i can get out more things um, and it's funny as someone else who runs Revel and Riches, uh, it's almost beneficial to make sure that your treasure count doesn't get close. Oh yeah, um, it's you know it, it's easy to look at your mana and say you tap your lands first and then save your treasure because they, they can they just accumulate. But when you've got Revel and Riches out and people start looking at the at your treasure count. Um, yeah, you go. You want to start burning that first. Um, it's funny because I've definitely had games where I've had like eight treasure, 
and it's starting to come back around and I'm mm-hmm. like I have to use this otherwise people are going to start targeting me um, I've only won off of this card once didn't feel great it felt fine I was like cool I won achievement unlocked yes that's about it um, yeah I felt the same way I was like alright cool game over I guess um, so there's that it makes treasures when opponents creatures die uh, Captain Lannery Storm mm-hmm. uh, it, she makes treasure when she attacks and uh, you you have more of like a a benefit from when you <clears throat> use your treasures especially for combat tricks right um, so like she gets plus one plus oh whenever you sacrifice a treasure so if you're using them for combat tricks great she gets bigger um dead eye plunderers uh again benefits from having treasure and makes treasure so uh that is kind of a big deal in this deck is just the uh not only to make treasure but have benefits that aren't (laughs) revel in riches uh from those treasure uh prying blade um prying blade is probably one of my favorite artifacts in this deck um or favorite equipments really overall um i think they they kind of one-upped it with gold vein pick uh in the new zendikar set but uh basically it's whenever equipped creature deals combat damage player creative treasure Mm -hmm. it's great Uh, especially if the thing has double strike but uh if the thing has unblockable for whatever reason you're getting a treasure no matter what um I've got Storm the Vault in here because uh, Ixalan, if any of you remember, has a lot of those those transform artifacts, yeah. enchantments, etc. That you know, you meet a threshold, it turns into a much more expensive card. Uh, so Storm the Vault, uh, whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, create a treasure, and at the beginning of your uh, end step if you control five or more artifacts doesn't have to be tre- doesn't have to be treasures uh, storm uh, transform storm the vault uh, which turns into vault of cat uh, catlican uh, which is essentially uh, what's the the artifact tap land tap for as many artifacts yeah academy yeah is that right yeah yeah um, taps for blue uh, for each artifact you control which is uh, pretty great if uh, if you have some treasure. If you already have treasure, so you tap it for blue for as many treasures as you have, and then you can also use the treasures on top of that. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's also uh, a lightning rod. People will see it and be like, "That's got to go before it transforms." Uh, but very hard to do with enchantments. Well, yeah. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of overlap between this deck and uh, my my. Galazeth Prismari deck, if only because well, I realized, colors. yeah, if the colors and because uh, they both want to just create as much treasure as possible to then use it for whatever benefit, right? Um, so that's that's a big part of my uh, treasure making uh, thing. But I also have, like I think this is the one deck that I run the most uh, mana rocks in anyway. Uh, in addition to the treasure making, I mean, I've got all the signets. I've got Commander Sphere, Soul Ring, yada yada yada. Um, there are 
many pirates. Um, let me quickly find all the non-pirates. I was actually going to ask about a couple of these. Um, mm-hmm. Why Keeper of the Keys? Keeper of Keys. Um, Keeper of Keys says, uh, when he enters the battlefield, you become a monarch. Yes. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you are the monarch, your creatures cannot be blocked. Right. So if you've got any number of pirates so, out. So this is the tie for Beckett. This is, yeah, this is, okay. um, I've got some things that are pretty sweet um, that some of them honestly were much more powerful than I thought they would be. And honestly, they have any right to be. Um, Keeper of Keys, five mana, four, four. It's great. Yeah. It's fine. Um, very typical commander guard. Yeah. Um, Stormfleet Sprinter. One blue and a red for a 2-2. Haste. Stormfleet Sprinter can't be blocked. Normally, look the other way with this card. Uh, it's not It's not excellent. It is a card that does things. But, more importantly, it's a pirate that gets through combat damage. Slippery Scoundrel is essentially the same thing, but with uh, less restriction on cost. So it's two and a blue, 2-2. Two, two. With Ascend... Uh, and as long as you have City's Blessing, Slippery Scoundrel is hexproof and can't be blocked. Right, and so, anybody who's running treasures, uh, right, Ascend it's, is not yeah. an issue. So between Mana Rocks and land, um, honestly, yeah. probably should be running more land in this deck. But I didn't realize that until I put it until on Until you start counting it and realize you've only got 35 and you should yeah. have 40. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Slippery Scoundrel, pretty easy to get out early. Uh, and then as soon as you hit that 10 permanent mark, uh, it becomes hexproof and can't be blocked. So it's hard for people to deal with and can't be blocked. Right. So those two together count for two pirates that can get through easily. Yeah. Um, the better thing about those is especially Stormfleet Sprinter. Nobody's going to waste their removal on a 2-2. I mean, generally. Right. So like... Even the fact that it doesn't have hexproof compared to the slippery scoundrel, mm-hmm. it's not it's not a big deal, right? Because nobody nobody's gonna take care of it until it's hit people a bunch of times and you start stealing things, <clears throat> right? Uh, and then at that point, you've probably stolen some pretty big things that they want to get back, so they're gonna use a removal on those things, um, or unfortunately, your commander, right? Um, and then I also have uh, Protean Raider, which is one blue and a red for a two-two. Uh, <laughs> A lot of three mana tutus in this deck. Yep. Uh, but it says raid. If you have attacked with a creature this turn, you may have Protean Raider enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield. Oh, nice. So not just yours. Right. And it doesn't have to do combat damage. It just has to attack. Yes. Yeah, something yeah. has to have attacked. You yeah. put this out on your second main phase. I really liked raid as a mechanic because mm-hmm. it, it encouraged you to not do anything until your second main phase. Granted... Um, this isn't going to help too much with, uh, like, if you make a Stormfleet Sprinter uh, with <laughs> Protean Raider, uh, you're not going to be able to attack with it right away. Um, but it, it does set you up for future turns. It sets you up with the best creature on the battlefield that doesn't have any sort of hexproof type thing. Um, well, I mean, <clears throat> the nice part is that, you know, it, just just thinking about commander creatures. So this thing is going to be a sun titan. It's going to be a uh, yeah. you know, and 
yeah and it enters the battlefield as a copy of the card so because a lot of the cards out there now get their benefit because they've got an enter the battlefield trigger well this thing can trigger that so even if you're not really thrilled about the actual creature maybe it's just the enter the battlefield trigger that you're looking for so mm. um so that makes a nice little bonus um it's it's a nice little creature that i feel like gets overlooked yeah. um the great thing too with brass is that uh she doesn't have to be on the battlefield when um combat damage happens uh it just triggers at the end of or at the beginning of your end step so uh oh, okay so you can play her on, so you the, can second play her on main. the second main phase um i've done this so many times where i've gotten through with the three creatures for i don't know three <clears> damage right. and because nobody like generally you're worrying about enough during your somebody else's turn anyway that no like they're just gonna let it through it's like oh it's three damage but then you put brass out go to your end step steal something from them because it's pirate's life uh let's see some some other good treasures i mean brass is bounty super on theme obviously yeah uh pirate's prize is fine draw two cards create a treasure i mean it's card draw which is good uh Something that's a little bit more... Eh. Um, where did it go? I just had it. While you're looking, as far as cards on theme, mm-hmm. um, you've already mentioned Brass's Bounty, which was the big one that, that I really... That, that I'm always aware of with this deck. Um, the other one, which uh, catches a lot of people by surprise, and I love it, Hornswoggle. I love Hornswoggle. Uh, now, I'm rarely the guy who sits there and says, I love a counter spell. But for three <laughs> mana, Hornswoggle is counter target creature spell. You create a colorless treasure artifact token. Yeah. So, you know. So, I, yeah, I also, I don't play a lot of counters. Right. But I'm, I have a handful because uh, I was new to magic. I didn't know how bad countering things felt, um, which is, which feels silly, but that's how i play um i'm slowly starting to get back into this or getting into the idea of countering things for the good of the game um i i would say to countering things for the good of me yeah um so i i would agree generally i tried to keep my counter spells on theme so first up we've got counter spell not thematic but solid card yeah um but then every other one, I believe I've got four others. Um, I've got, as you said, Hornswoggle. Uh, or for two more mana, yeah. for three and two blue, I've got Spell Swindle. Also okay. very thematic. Uh, does the same exact thing as Hornswoggle, but it creates X treasures instead, mm-hmm. where X is the countered spells converted mana cost. Um which is pretty great. Right. Even even if you if, even if the the big spell that you're countering isn't doing a lot, like maybe it's like I don't know, I whatever. Simply put, you're spending five mana, and if you're getting nothing back, now that can be worth it if yeah. the other spell is that bad. But honestly, if you're holding five mana up. You really want more <laughs> than just counter the spell. You want something else, and Spell Swindle yeah. gives that to you. At worst, you're probably getting two treasure out of it. Right. Um, and also saving your thing from being destroyed. Yeah. Um, There's a third one, though. The third one is uh, Desertion. 
Which, which I mean, it's, if, it's if that works ever, on theme so yeah. nicely. It's just it it works on theme, obviously, uh, flavor wise from the t- the name of the card. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, desertion is three blue blue counter target spell. If an artifact or creature spell is countered this way, put that card onto the battlefield under your control instead of into its owner's graveyard. Um, amazing, amazing card. I this is the card that made me rethink counters in general uh, because right. uh, well this is exactly the kind of counter I want to play right the, so the like, difficulty obviously with desertion and to some sense spell swindle is that they do cost five so this is not something you want to keep up right for numerous turns um, you've got to hit it at the right time super easy to keep up in this deck uh, with all of, the treasure yeah. yeah all the treasure a lot of the the pirates are very low costed yeah. uh, so you can kind of struggle your way through the game and still come out on top desertion obviously flavor wise is great because right. of the name but you're also stealing something um, that is the biggest issue I have with this um I love the card, and I love what it does for the deck. But there have been one too many times, I mean, one is one too many times, that I've countered, say, Buzzbark. Uh, not great. Well, for one, you, you Buzzbark comes in and it just kind of... And it doesn't really do anything when it comes right. in. Um, but that led me to realizing I don't like countering people's commanders. Um, and so I've kind of like made that a soft rule for myself is that unless it is about to end the game, I'm going to generally look the other way when it comes to countering people's commanders. Right. Um, it makes it unfun. Yeah. I hate it when my commander's countered because generally I'm do getting the commander out there at a specific time for a specific purpose. Right. Um, obviously there are exceptions to that rule for me um, there are always going to be exceptions but you know what other people are trying to do generally involves their commander and if you're yeah. you know if it's a straight counter then all you've done is say not this turn try again next turn it's going to cost and I'm going to make it a little harder uh, but you know a card like desertion okay well now it's mine now if you want it you have to get it back and that makes things a little bit a little bit tougher um Let's let's cut to break real quick, and when we come back, um, I want to I want to talk about some highlights and some disappointing cards. Uh, I've got a couple deck. of questions yeah. that I want to throw in there as well. Um, so. so we'll be right back. Uh, have a have a stab at this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, be right back. <laughs> This episode of Temple of the Falls Pod be brought to you by Brass's Bounty. For when you be needing the treasures to cast all your big spells, Brass's Bounty. Yar! Ahoy! <laughs> and now, back to you! What is a pirate's favorite letter? Uh, R. Ah, you'd be thinking it'd be R, but every pirate's true love will always be the sea. Oh, I got a good one. (laughs) What is a pirate's favorite letter? 
Arr! No! Ah! It's actually a P, because it's like an R, but it's got one leg! <laughs> oh, man. And now back to ye, ye scoundrels. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey welcome back. back hope that uh, left you in the stitches uh so should i start with cards that were disappointing or start with cards that were uh surprising um let's talk about the cards that were surprising because you've got so many cards on theme yeah and i know that some of them were put in there because they were on theme, and then I'm guessing you discovered that they were better than you expected them to be. Oh, definitely. Cards that uh, overperformed because this is so heavy on pirates uh, that I always forget to activate the Lightning Ring Crew. Uh, <laughs> the two and a red for a zero five tap mm-hmm. Lightning Ring Crew deals one damage uh, to each opponent. Right. Each opponent. Yeah. Amazing. Whenever you cast a pirate spell, untap lightning recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, this with Malcolm, every time you tap this for damage, you get three treasures. Okay. It's amazing. And if, you're, if yeah. you use those three treasures to play another pirate, you get to untap it and do, do it the again. damage again. Yeah. Get, you just get free a lot of free things. Uh, but I always forget. <laughs> I always forget. To untap. I, I, I play the... the the pirate, and then I'm like, oh, I should have uh, should have done that before. Anyway, um, just a silly little. Uh, my mind works too fast. That sounds braggy, but it's not. It's ADHD. I don't know what you want. Uh, card that has overperformed, if you can get it out at the right time, is Dead Man's Chest. Uh, one in a black, enchant creature and opponent controls whenever. Uh, when enchanted creature dies, exile cards equal to its power from the top of its owner's library. You may cast non-land cards from among them for as long as they remained exiled. And you may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast those spells. Obviously, works best if you um, have any sort of targeted removal, or I guess any removal, uh, once uh, with that in hand as well. So you can do the one-two punch. Um, or, you know, if somebody's got a huge something that everybody's going to be gunning for. Right. Do that, and then you get to exile a ton of cards. Yeah. Um, it's just fun. It's just yeah. fun. Steal, it, it's on theme for the stealing things. It's on theme for, obviously, pirates. Um, real quick, Siren's Ruse. Uh, it flickers a thing. If it's a pirate... You draw a card. Okay. Uh, overlooked this card when I originally put it in. I've used it a few times, especially to get around that targeted removal. Uh, it's great. And then uh, the last card that has really been a surprise uh, was River's Rebuke. Okay. Uh, four blue blue, return all non-land permanents, target player controls to their owner's hand. Um, it's like Cyclonic Rift, but it's for one person and it's sorcery so it's not super powerful but it sits in that nice sweet spot that if somebody's really taken like taken off right. of the game hit them with this uh i played it like a probably a month or two ago 
and since then I've noticed an uptick of it in our playgroup uh, because it 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 does the commander thing it does the big play right uh, and it's beautiful so I had a couple of questions yeah Angraf he's not in the deck anymore yeah I don't know what why what happened I don't know I don't know if I just didn't have it like I don't know if the original list was just a list I was going to end up buying and then just, and didn't, just didn't buy him okay. because he's almost $5 and like at the time I was like $5 for a card that's so much I'm still kind of that way but um, I feel like he, he kind of belongs there he's a pirate right um, I mean I don't think the deck is hurting without him no but, um, yeah I was just curious he does some cool things uh, there are some cards in this deck that I could definitely pull out um, that I could easily put him in for. Um. The other one I wanted to ask about that's mm-hmm. not in the deck anymore is Coastal Piracy. Mm. Also uh, a card that I think I just didn't have. Okay. I wasn't sure if just the card draw just wasn't going to be there as often as you thought it would be. I think after the first time, first couple times I played it, you asked me if I had Coastal Piracy in there. Um, and I didn't. So I think I went home, put it on my list, and then just never got around to buying it. Right. Well, that makes sense. Um, but definitely, like, this <laughs> this deck definitely needs the card draw, and that would be a way to get easy card draw. Right. And speaking of card draw, is that why Curse of Verbosity is in there? Yeah. Because I, it, it's, it seems it kinda, like it kind of follows the theme, but not... Yeah. I mean, it wasn't blatant. Um, it was definitely easy card draw. I think I just had one lying around, and on top of it, I think the biggest thing was like, oh, like pirate, like like sailors are known for their swearing. It fits in that way, right. thematically of of. Uh, <laughs> um, but there, I mean, coastal piracy and Grath are definitely two cards that I would put in um, to replace any of these cards that right. have underperformed. Um, Starting with Vandal Blast. Vandal okay. Blast is like it's it's a commander staple. It's a, yeah. it's a classic commander. You run card. Vandal Blast. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I put it on this list. I think other than um, I noticed that it just doesn't get there enough, and I think that's going to change now that like treasure, like, yeah. treasure is a thing now more than ever. Right. Um, so, like, I'll probably keep it in at least for a while just because it is a classic commander card. Also, it's thematic in the way that it's like, oh, vandals and pirates. Right. And hooligans. Um, Entrancing Melody is probably one of my biggest underperformers. It's X blue blue for sorcery. Gain control of target creature with converted mana cost X. Um, I think whenever I have this in hand, I'm always waiting for that huge token so that I can just take it for two. Right. Uh, and so, like, I'm always waiting out that value and never actually pulling the trigger on getting something useful. Getting something that's there now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think this less underperforms, and I always... Yeah, and it would perform appropriately if I just bothered to play it. So this is just you underperforming. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> like I said, this deck is so, like... It's so the thing that people look at and go, oh, pirates, and then they leave you alone for a while. Um, 
until you start doing things. Uh, and not that this deck does a lot of powerful things, um, but uh, I mean, we played a game. I played this deck against Benny Smith. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, I did not explain what this deck was. He thought it was Big Bad Pirates, which is fair. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of pirate decks out there that do a lot of nasty things. Right. Um, granted, we played this <laughs> over Spell Table for a deck that sp steals things. Maybe I shouldn't have played this, but whatever. Um, uh, it was intimidating to him. Took me out. Yeah. It was hilarious. It was great. Good game. Uh, but otherwise, this deck does a thing mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, and I think the biggest uh, the biggest underperformer for this deck is Crafty Cutpurse. Uh, it's a three and a blue flash two two human pirate. When it, uh, when Crafty Cutpurse enters the battlefield, each token that would be created under an opponent's control this turn is created under your control instead. It is the same problem I have with Entrancing Melody. I'm waiting and yeah. waiting and waiting. It's in my hand until somebody does something worth four mana. Well, yeah, you're waiting for somebody else to play Brass's Bounty, and it's, that's just yeah. not going to happen. Brass's Bounty or Rite of Replication or, uh, like, li like honestly, anything. Um, the great thing, too, is that once you... So, like, you put this on the stack after the person does the big thing with the, the tokens, and then... If they can't do anything more with tokens for the rest of that turn. Right. Because yeah, you it go is after... until end of turn. Um, and so, like, I've definitely had a game. I, I've i had this go off once. Exactly once. I played it. I don't remember what the other card was that was being played. Yeah. Um, got some of their tokens. And then they continued to try to make tokens, which I just ended up making. And they were like, whoa, can we back this up? I don't want to do that. And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, but... Uh, it does shut off the rest of their turn if they're planning on doing tokens. It makes me want to run it in uh, with a Tombstone Stairwell deck. Oh! Because you know, and everybody has, well, that's upkeep, so it's hard to get it in, to get this off before. But Yeah, you do it in response to the trigger. Yeah, in response um, to the trigger. So And you get it once, right. but like that should be enough. But that should be enough. Um, the other thing with this is it's is to use it less as a way for you to get something awesome or to get a lot of stuff, but as a way to stop them from doing anything. That oh, turn. yeah. So, uh, you know, like I was thinking, you play it in response to the Aven Avenger of Zendikar, mm. which means you get a bunch of plants that don't get bigger until your turn when you can actually play a land. But it also means that they're now not going to do anything else because the reason, you know... They played Avenger because they had a way to put two lands in a play this turn, or three lands, or however many. Mm. Um, they probably had a way to give their creatures haste or something along that line, and you just shut that down for a turn. So, yeah, it's great. I think that's what you're heading for, but I agree with what you're saying. It's four mana. It's a good card that just it underperforms because yeah. you're always waiting for something bigger, or you're just waiting for literally anything at all. Right. Some I've I've definitely had it in hands, and then nobody does anything <clears throat> to make tokens at all. And I'm like, well, uh, probably coming out. Um, and this deck is full of a lot of, like, basic pirates. Um, right. Well, pirates it, that, it's pirates a pirate that, theme. Yeah. There, I don't think there are any vanilla pirates uh, in this deck. 
even though there's probably a handful yeah um total uh but you know you always want your creatures to do something more than just be a body so um i have uh, i don't know there there are some there's some pirates in this deck that uh did some surprising things with their abilities uh but there are two pirates that uh for their cost and just generally they're just too weak um first being uh Stormfleet Arsonist. Stormfleet Arsonist is a 4-4 for 4 and a red. It's got Raid. And it says, whenever Stormfleet Arsonist enters the battlefield, if you attack with a creature this turn, target opponent sacrifices a permanent. Uh, doesn't say non-land, so that's nice. Uh, so if all they have left is land, they have to sacrifice a land. But uh, you're getting this out, you know, for 5 mana after you attacked. It's nice that you don't have to target the opponent that you attacked, but they get to choose what they sacrifice. It's just going to be it's yeah. it's going to be underwhelming. It's yeah. it's never going to be 5 mana worth. Honestly, this is one of the ones where you wish it did say non-land. Yeah. But since they're choosing, they get to pick anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're, not... you're, they're going to hit a tre- you're going to hit a treasure. That's what is going to happen. Um and it's just a big old wet fart. It's it's nothing. Um, and overall, it it's not. It, it's a four four. That's all it is. Right. The four four for five. That is, it's got relevant creature type, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one's almost definitely coming out. It's right. Probably for a land. I only have thirty five in here. <laughs> there we go. Um, or Angraph. Um, and the other one, which is a real disappointment. Um. The other one is a Dire Fleet Poisoner. It's a 2-2 for a 1 and a black. So that's nice. It's got Flash, which mm-hmm. is nice. So it's a, uh, it's a bear with multiple upsides. So it's a 2-2 for 2. Human Pirate, Flash, Death Touch. So it's relevant creature type. It's got Death Touch. It's all great. Sure, whatever. You play it at the end of... Uh, but you it's, that, it's that, that value again. And I'm sure this is just me being a player that is just trying to get yeah, the most out of my cards when dire fleet poisoner enters the battlefield target attacking pirate you control gets plus one plus one and death touch until it turn. so this is a fancy combat trick uh you're giving something that's blocked death touch the plus one plus one is hopefully maybe they did the ma- like hopefully the blockers did math just enough so that like it does survive, but overall, you're just kind of trying to fool them into blocking something and then yeah. killing their thing. Um, and on the other end, you're also, like, now you've got a death touch blocker, which is fine, but overall it's going to be, like, you're going to be playing it at the end of somebody else's turn. It's fine. It's disappointing. I'm sad about it. Um, but yeah, to kind of come back to uh, the second ability, um, the deck is built around having pirates, preferably a lot of pirates, so that that second ability does happen more than right. if you were to just rely on evasion. But uh, this deck is slow <laughs> um, and will generally have, at best, three 
six pirates. Right. That some of them don't have evasion. I've got a few things that create pirates of menace, which is great. Some of them will get through. Sometimes you'll steal some stuff. Sometimes I had a game once where I played this and I stole a bunch of vampire stuff. I think I stole an Olivia from you. I think so. Uh, and then I stole a door of destiny from somebody else where they had already named vampire. I, <laughs> and then I started stealing stuff with Olivia and it turned from a pirate deck into yeah. a vampire deck. It was beautiful. It was, it was a strange, strange day. It was, it was uh, not beautiful. It was a, it was a very sad day. <laughs> sad, sad day. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fine for a deck. It's fun. It's laid back. Uh, it is the highest density of counters I have, but they're all on theme it's for on the theme. most part. That's, that's the key to me. Um, I mean, that's, that's why I love this deck so much, and I don't think I'm ever going to take it apart. Um, like, this is, like, the deck that I could see myself never taking apart because... It's not it's your just, deck. Well, for one, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not my deck, but also it's just... It's so on theme that... Sure. I'll update it as they release more pirates, but it's never coming apart. Um, and that's that's my my deck tail. Ooh. Well, there like, we go. Like Ducktails, but there deck. You your deck tail. Deck tail. Ooh. Uh, anyway, uh, that that I think that's 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 gonna wrap us for the that's night. That's gonna I wrap think. us for the night. Uh, we're gonna go play some magic, and uh, we'll see you next week. We're Temple of False Bond. Uh, I. That felt so clunky. Let me try that again. Uh, we're going to go even clunkier. Great. <laughs> you got to look, look over your shoulder. Josh is killing himself. <laughs> we, uh, whew. let's see if I win a game tonight because this is a mess. Uh, have a great night. Uh, we're Temple of the False Bod where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Uh, have a great night. Go play some magic, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye! Wait, wait, before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at manaburned and I'm at andyweekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!